Next on Romanian FinTech Podcast, we meet a female entrepreneur who is passionate about innovation in FinTech ecosystem. Laura Monescu is Chief Development Officer at Modex. As a tech woman for over 15 years, Laura's journey in this domain began with her contribution in developing the Money Mail Me. Money Mail Me, who you already know, is a member of our FinTech Association. But her extensive experience in software development and banking laid the foundation for a very thrilling and unique style of management, which enabled her to oversee the creation and implementation of an innovative fintech software. Since joining Modex, she has completely restructured the internal workflow of the team, affirming herself as a key pillar of the company. Laura is now interested in the blockchain phenomenon potential in financial services as well as the new disruptive technologies that can be integrated into products created by Modex. Laura, welcome to Romanian FinTech Podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation, Magda. Well, uh, we are in, a, let's say, very interesting period while uh, at Modex, but generally in FinTech Romanian ecosystem, there are lots of very new and special things happening. Uh, let's let's start with the with the beginning for the moment. How what did you get here in uh, in the fintech and in the IT industry? So I, I would like to to reverse engineer a bit. So I would start with the position I currently hold. Like you just said, is a chief development officer at Modex. I'm also a co-founder for this company, and this company is a company that uh, aimed. Uh, to bridge the gap between the broad public, and when I say public, I also say customers and businesses, and disruptive technologies like blockchain, because our purpose was to have a fast adoption of fintech solutions and blockchain solutions uh, in the industry. So I joined Modex in uh, 2015, and it was the best decision for me at that time, because I changed from a corporate environment to a startup environment, because um, and I say this is a happy event because quickly after joining a startup environment, I heard speaking a lot about disruptive technologies, which I didn't hear speak about in a corporate environment before. So blockchain as a database was something that I heard, artificial intelligence, even cloud infrastructures, which was not a subject that I, uh, I used to work on previously, or how to deal with security around software. So I, I joined Modex in 2016, and it was the change from corporate to startup for me. Uh, before that, like I said, I worked for 10 years in uh, holding various positions. I started as a junior uh, developer in a software language that it's still currently used, uh, used but nobody teaches it uh, in university. It was called COBOL. And I used to do banking software for, for the French market. But um, I worked, like I said, in a corporate environment, building mostly software around banking uh, activities. Um, but it was, I must say that it was in a corporate environment that I managed to learn a lot about the IT industry, including uh, processes on how to, uh, to transform an idea into a software solution. And it was that knowledge that uh, provided me with a strong foundation in order to be able to tackle a dynamic environment as a startup one is. And uh, because in a startup uh, environment, directions change more rapidly and you find yourself doing more than just the job description you, you have signed. But this, this was a good thing for me because because I learned a lot. And before working in a corporate environment, I graduated from an IT university in Bucharest after arriving uh, from a city 
from northern uh, Romania when I was uh, 18, like most students do in Romania. And uh, I came here with a desire, with a strong desire to discover things as I practice uh, life on my own. So before that, I actually worked with um, my parents in their small business uh, from the northern city in uh, Romania, where I used to um, do jobs like accounting or being a salesperson. But I, I did this since I was very young, uh, 14. So I had a strong, let's say, business nose um, when I was 18 and I came back, I came to Bucharest to, to see what life is all about. But um, to get to the essence of the question, what uh, has been my driving force to get to where I am today, I would say that it is a combination of factors. It's not uh, just one. And the most important being my driving desire to be the best in everything I do. Because I saw from early on that a job well done always pays off, no matter the, the area or the industry. And that combined with, uh, let's say, another one of my mantras, which is follow your objectives. No matter what you do, keep an eye all the time at, at your objectives. That would be the, the driving force. The driving force, indeed. Well, uh, there are very interesting, uh, interesting answers, and I will, uh, I will try to come to some of the answers because uh, what I, uh, what I was noticing from the beginning, uh, it was your willingness to action from a very early, early age. I mean, like fourteen. Who was going to do something? Nowhere. I, I do remember myself. And I have to say that, that uh, when I was having 14, I think that at least I wanted to get into the high school because, of course, mm -hmm. there was the big exam, the first challenge of my life. And then I do remember that that summer after I took the exam at the high school, I said to my parents, what do you want from me? I, I don't want to hear anything about anything until autumn and, uh, and so on. So really congrats, uh, Laura. There are not too many persons uh, with such a driving force of uh, doing whatever they can get the best out of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw something. So you moved from, let's say, from, from parents back in Bucharest. In Bucharest, you had your, your university degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, let's say to the audience, it is in principle as a polytechnic. Uh, uh, no, 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 it was actually informatics at the Economic Studies Academy. I see, and, I yeah. see. So actually, we are having the same, <laughs> the same yeah. as also. Uh, they Very actually changed the diploma. Um, uh, they used, even before my year, the, the diploma used to say engineer for informatics graduates, but I'm actually an economist. This is what my... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. This is the part that it is covered by the cybernetics, I mean, yes. uh, faculty. I know, I know. We usually, which actually was, uh, let's say, an environment uh, driven by our colleagues. <laughs> Very few ladies uh, were attending in, in this uh, in this year such a very hard university. Yeah. So uh, that 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 wasn't. Then what is was very interesting from what you said is the fact that you wanted to move from a multinational to a fresh startup due to the 
let's say, uh, uh, lack of the, 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 the new technologies that were happening around and you were not aware. So how did you get actually into, into Modex? Yeah, so um, it was actually after, like I said, 10 years of corporate environment. And I was actually, I held several jobs, but I was doing the same thing every day. You take on a new job, you optimize what you need to optimize, you do whatever strategies you need to do, but eventually in a corporate environment, there are processes and procedures that you need to respect. And for example, we, our team even proposed for a certain piece of software, we need to use Java, for example. And they said, no, because this is not a technology we do. And it was, it was the best choice and you couldn't do things freely in a corporate environment. And I really wanted the change. So I held positions which, where I did the same thing every day and I really wanted a challenge. And then uh, Modex, actually we started, Modex started with MoneyMailMe, which is a FinTech application. It was uh, the first FinTech application that, uh, one of the first in the world and the first that we built. And they were building their team at the beginning. And then uh, they received funding and then they had the fund for salaries, let's say, and for to, to gather more resources. And then uh, the co-founders back then, uh, um, contacted me and I joined, I, I immediately said, said yes, it was even a greater salary than I had before and I really wanted the change. And I said, yes, why not? I want to build new things and I want to do more than just sit in my chair at my corporate job. So actually you were in the time of the company when they uh, mixed up the business model from a B2C customer, B2C co company like MoneyMailMe to a B2B company like uh, what it is now Modex. Yeah. which is currently actually incorporating uh, both business lines. So they are still, uh, you are still developing uh, the B2C model while the B2B is more and more uh, permanent, like I say, like, uh, like the source for the growth of the company. Yeah. We, we can say that Modex is also a research and development company because mm -hmm. we wanted, we actually wanted just a bit of history. We wanted to bring crypto into money mail me. But uh, mm -hmm. investors said then, okay, crypto, it's not such a regulated market, don't bring it. But we, we didn't look at crypto. We actually looked at the blockchain technology. Oh, and the after, model, I mean. Exactly. The technology itself, which works, uh, it's uh, immutable transactions that you cannot change or uh, interoperability between systems. So uh, two years passed, one, two years, and then we started looking at the blockchain technology. And then we started building a product, which we also patented in the meantime, which is blockchain database, which is our powerhouse product, let's say. And we, like you said, we do address, let's say two areas, B2B and B2C. And I, I will give some examples. B2B because, for example, um, you want businesses to adopt blockchain technology. And we have a license form of uh, the BCDB technology, but you also want, for the companies to be easy to integrate the blockchain technology. And you have the programmer, the software developer who needs to code in order to integrate blockchain technology. So it, for this area, we, we tackled and we approached two, let's say, end users, the business with which we find the contract. And of course the developer that uh, has to have an easy job in order to integrate the blockchain technology. And we also develop, for example, products for the developer like, um, IDEs where they can code or um, tutorials. Uh, well, we also have a business analyst, uh, for example, training course on, on Modex. So you can learn more about blockchain. So we tried to bridge the gap between blockchain and the world because early reports on blockchain technology said 
that um, businesses don't really know what to do with blockchain. It is a technology that we can use, but they don't really knew. There were some reports from 2016, 2018, developed by, I think, World Economic Forum or even Ernst & Young, they do reports like that on blockchain trends. And businesses didn't really know what to do with this technology. They understood uh, uh, its benefits, but it was hard for them to implement it. And they had even projects like two years project with no results. So we tried to minimize uh, as much as possible this timeline of implementing of blockchain technology by addressing these um, two areas, a business and the person implementing it. But that is just one example. Another example would be this year, we plan to release some products around the blockchain technology, which are uh, destined for end users. So the end user, the end customer is actually our driving force. So I hope I answered your, your question. It's a long answer. But Definitely. No, 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 no. Because I, I am really, I am really surprised in a very pleasant way every time when I'm talking with you or other members of the company that you all the time try to find different applicability of the blockchain in different ways. And I think that uh, this is the, um, let's say, educational message that we always want to transmit to our communities, either that is fintech, either community of innovators, that blockchain is one of the most, let's say, it becomes one of the most universal language of programming on based on which actually you can do anything you want and even more. You can optimize, you can have very safe contracts. I mean, the concept of smart contracts it's actually only applicable using a blockchain database and uh, everybody in this area began. But I think that your efforts, your, your efforts as a, as a company, educating your own customers, it starts to, to, to give results because everybody now, starting with the public institutions only, also, uh, they are looking into this technology and once you are doing this and you are putting as I understood from your main emphasis on research and development I think that all these business cases will give results and will give results maybe even closer than you expect taking into account your uh, your uh, your uh, your experience and I am I am wondering in in this uh, in this case, is there is something, you know, what we are calling special events that can determine technology to stop, to stop? I mean, for example, COVID, because we are, we have passed for about two years in this, uh, in this, let's say, strange period, impacted in a way or another, your, uh, your work life, the, the way you were looking at Modex, it changed a little bit, uh, your work-life balance. How, how did you feel this uh, this uh, this period? I would start with answering your your first question. If you can stop technology, I, I would put in this question. I would put the equal sign between the word technology and the word evolution. And history has shown that you cannot stand in the way of evolution. So I think no event of any kind uh, can stop technology from evolving at this point. Now to go back to the. COVID-19, which is also a major event and how it impacted my work-life balance, it, it had a positive impact and a negative impact. I, I would speak first about the, uh, the positive one. Uh, I found myself that, that I have a few extra hours. 
<laughs> that after I was previously going to the office and back and preparing myself to go to the office and back. I'm actually now in the office, but during uh, when COVID started, for example, I was at home and uh, I found myself with extra hours that I used learning stuff. So I had two hours per day additional that I could just use to learn stuff. And I took online courses, mostly free uh, in electronics. I learned how to do digital marketing. I don't use electronics at work. We don't build hardware, for example. Wow. I'm not in charge of marketing, but I wanted to learn uh, things uh, or how to use various tools to promote your business or how to compose music. This is another course that I, that I took to, to satisfy one of my, my hobbies, to say. But there is also, uh, let's say, a negative impact. The one for me was um, I had less social interactions. And I think it was the same for uh, most people. Now everything requires a call at work. You can't just go to a person's office and have a small five minutes chat. Everything requires a call. Plus traveling was limited. I couldn't visit other countries as often as I wanted. And I couldn't see my friends or even my family as often as I wanted. So that, that has been... Um, a negative impact. But I'm a believer in the saying that um, everything happens with a purpose. And I personally think that COVID happened uh, for uh, in order for us humanity to understand a few things. First one being how important is friends and family time. And the second yes. one, how important is to trust the technological evolution of, of medicine. Because like I said before, you can't stand in the way of uh, evolution. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I think that uh, this is one of the most wonderful examples of uh, balancing your life. Or, or everybody feels differently uh, with a more or less intensity this COVID time. But once you are taking the, something for you, you are making something extra. I, I didn't realize, for example, because usually I was working, I was having my office home, I have to say. And uh, this traffic, this mess up traffic that uh, is around when actually it's a busy life like now, indeed, sometimes steals us hours and hours. And then of course, we are sending, uh, we are just in a mechanical way, you know, when you are the easy way going in the morning and then late down in the evening, coming back home and then next day the same. But now indeed, this is what it was a major, um, major opportunity for the ones that actually detected that because I'm sure that there are a lot of, uh, of people that uh, couldn't do the same thing. And uh, I'm sorry to say, but it was their loss and our gain, <laughs> if I may say. Yeah. Coming back uh, to, to our main uh, theme, uh, why do you think that there are still so few females in the technology sector? Um, I believe uh, this is a, a combination of multiple factors. I couldn't name just one. And I would say it's uh, factors like uh, maybe education, including family education, or the quality of the university you attend and graduate, or options that you have around you, or financial, uh, financial options that you have, or the family that brought you up and instilled you with beliefs of what you can and you can't do, or self-esteem, or personal choice, or labor market expectation, or stereotypes that are still present nowadays, or even, I would say, um, the last latest hundred-year history where the, uh, for example, uh, um, 
the favored education for men and not for women. I, I must say this. So I read a gender uh, gap report. Uh, it was actually from three years ago, but I, I think it's still current. It was created by the World Economic Forum. And it said that, um, for example, only 18% of board directors in the IT industry are female, or 3% of females are CEOs, or that in the blockchain space, there is even a study for that one, you have 95% of the resources are, are male. According to the same study, we have a world gender gap of 136 years close it wow 136 years that was yeah. a report. it's from 2018 or from 2019 that report uh, oh you have of course differences you have developed countries like for example in uh, western europe you have this gap closing in 52 years for example in, in romania and in 134 the, the the answer is i don't really know the exact the exact answer to that question but i, I it is a fact that there are a few females in the in the tech sector. What I do know is the fact that uh, the future is a digital future, whether we like it or not, and that nowadays every company is a software company, no matter their uh, <laughs> their uh, their area, and um, everyone is invited to be part of it. And I think we live, let's say, a revolutionary times where everybody has access to information, and even as a female, you can access any environment that you want. But of, of course. Uh, throughout the world, there are a series of factors which still stand and uh, which I have mentioned uh, at the beginning, which would prevent women from accessing not only technology, but education in general. Uh, well, you partially uh, answered or, let's say, uh, detected uh, what was the next question uh, to tell you. Still, if we are looking at some possible solution, how we can, how we can get more women in technology what at least nominate one or two three areas in which uh, from the system perspective view or i don't know from the business perspective of view uh, can we can do more for for that yeah i think the answer lies in a let's say three axes environment I think everything starts with the family that educates you and parents should definitely encourage their children to approach any domain. You know that saying that you see in the American movies, you can do anything or there is nothing you can do. This, I actually believe in that. And I would encourage every person, uh, boy or girl, to do anything. Uh, and the parents sh should foster additionally access to knowledge. I, I, know, I don't know, enroll them in school programs or camps or online interactive courses so that they can learn technology. So for me, the first axis is family. The second one I would say is the school. Um, I don't know, bring technology early on in the lives of children. Don't wait until the high school to choose an informatics field or wait until university. I, I, I was a graduate in high school of mathematics physics. I, I only did one hour of informatics per week. It was not, not a lot. So I, I would have liked to have access to technology. Of course, we speak about different years, beginning of technology, but I would have liked to have access to, to programming, for example, when I was in the fourth grade. And so the school should be focused, even the educational system, which is governed by government, they, uh, they should bring technology early on in the lives of children and not just as a, as a subject, informatics. And you do that and that's it. And that, that's the second axis, education and the school. The third one, uh, uh, the third axis, axis is the companies, of course, or any organization we work in, let's say, or, or, with, or with which we work. Um, companies, 
should have a gender inclusive uh, culture from the beginning. I, I mean, they should promote skills over gender. I'm happy to say that I have never felt discriminated in my life, in my companies. I was chosen for specific roles due to my skills, not something else. Because I believe inclusion and uh, diversity, and this has to be promoted by organizations, will create inclusive products because otherwise we just build products for half of the population of the world. So that's the third axis the companies or organization. They should have a culture promoting skills and nothing else, not any other discriminatory criteria like gender. Yes, uh, actually, it's a very common sense uh, for uh, for each of us, no matter which is the the, the industry. But uh, you know that sometimes when uh, persons with uh, high professionals uh, that are working in such big levels, I mean high levels, uh, are restating this, I'm sure that this is uh, this is something that we can value all the time and maybe remember only. Uh, because of course, uh, at our uh, at our side, we are having also a new generation that you, we see that uh, can be raised up. Uh, we usually see that uh, there is a much more diversified uh, role of the school. That even um, even from the early uh, stages, uh, children now can choose based on their own uh, aptitudes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, also, I, I, I was very happy when I saw that there are some, uh, some schools that are accepting uh, children very, very early stage, I mean, six years or seven years, based, based on their yeah. behavior, I mean. So this is really indeed uh, a next step. So most probably, we as a generation, what we can say is only to to say what we have wanted would have wanted for us when they were <laughs> at uh, when they are at uh, at our uh, at our age well uh, let's say that all these three conditions are met and uh, both the education is in favor both the companies are in favor i mean from now from a woman to woman what advices would you pass to other women that want to to progress in in in, uh, in the technology industry i think i mentioned um some mantras my mantras at the beginning uh, <laughs> one of them was be the best in what you do i really believe that a web uh, a job well done always pays off this has been shown to me in whatever area i activated if you do your job well done, you will be highly appreciated and promoted. Uh, the second one would be, and I think I already mentioned that, never stop improving yourself. This is also a mantra which I believe in. Always read, always re uh, learn, like, for example, take online courses. YouTube is full of free knowledge in, in any Indeed. area that you can imagine. Just search it and you will find it. There is a playlist somewhere created by someone with knowledge ready for you to learn. Uh, find out it is also part of the never stop improving yourself is take information from various places like I said read learn but uh, uh, read reports uh, to understand trends to understand uh, with uh, what problems businesses are facing and of course never stop improving yourself refers to constantly improve mentally <laughs> you see I, I would mention the word psychology because this is psychology but you should always improve yourself mentally to try to be a better person for you, of course, and for the ones uh, around you. Uh, and the third one is 
use free resources. It's actually derived from the first one, use free resources available online. Of course, you should pay for training courses, but YouTube, I, I use YouTube on a daily basis, I would say. There is a lot of knowledge shared there online with free access in every subject that you can imagine. And you have the opportunity to improve yourself, to improve your knowledge at any point in time, wherever you are in your bed. <laughs> but these advices <laughs> are not for women only are valid I, I would give this advice Indeed. to anyone but if i would like to find to give an advice which is uh, women oriented let's say um i believe in equality but i also believe that men excel in some qualities and women in others and i would like to give an example just to not be misunderstood like attention to detail like i, I believe in a in and young in and young complementarity because the purpose is not to be all the same the purpose is to be yourself and so my advice would be bring your quality and act like a woman and don't deny yourself. Very, very nice indeed. I will do remember that even for myself. Indeed. Um, Laura, we are really stepping in to a close ending for this new episode, but I wouldn't like to, to close it before... Uh, uh, asking you what are actually the companies that you admire or if you were always looking on that uh, as innovators or as a business leaders who are them and why did you choose them because really you are full of passion this is very obvious from the way you you answered to to our uh, discussion but uh, still I'm thinking that you are actually having some of the roots planted based on, uh, on this, uh, this company that you are following. Yeah, let's say, um, I actually do admire two companies, tech giants actually. Uh, one of them is Microsoft. And um, I, I would uh, mention something here. We are at Modex, for example, we are a, a Microsoft partner. They have a partnership uh, program for startups. We are at the silver level, I think, for now. But the idea is I never expected Microsoft to pay such attention and to give us, to pave us the way to promote our technology with them. So they really embrace the startup ecosystem and they really offer you support and everything you want so that you can promote yourself. So I really admire them. They have a great work ethic uh, and I really like them. The second one is Google. <laughs> I think this is the company, may, maybe I dream of working in one day, let's say. Maybe I will return to the corporate environment because Google is a corporate afterwards. They are expanded all over the world. But yes. Google, they, I really like their products. I use their products. I pay for their product if, if, if it's payable, for example. And I really like, uh, for example, that uh, the interviews, they are not focused so much on the knowledge itself, but on the logic. And I really appreciate logic. I think logic is a very important factor to work in the tech industry, at least. So I really appreciate them. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I see that also in, in terms of admiration, you are putting the same passion there. Uh, Laura, I'm sure that you you are uh, putting a lot, your effort is very, it's huge and most probably your personal time now is very, very stretched. I, I am looking back and seeing how how late or how long, how did it took to us to schedule this podcast recording. But however, finally, in your spare time uh, that remains to you, how you 
how do you disconnect? How do you recharge your batteries besides the new hobby that you took in pandemic time? Yeah, it, um, I have a hobby, a hidden hobby, <laughs> which is music, actually. When, when I chose my direction, I thought, uh, should I take math or should I take music? Ah, you can't do money with music. At least you couldn't do it. Or it wasn't an environment in Romania in the 90s, back then, when I was thinking about that. So I chose math. But music has remained uh, like a personal passion. And uh, when I earned enough funds, I paid for my piano courses and I took piano courses for, for, for four and five years. So I do play piano in my free time and it really, really, really relaxes me. And I also took a course on composing music. Now to be a music producer is very difficult because actually you are giving the theme, the theme of the, of the, of the new composition. I actually encourage, with, uh, this would be, let's say, uh, another advice if I can answer to the previous question, but I, I saw a documentary on Netflix that mentioned how to be creative, how to have a creative mind. And there were some personalities there which are creative nowadays, and they were explaining how come they are creative. Uh, and the advice and um, the norm for them was the fact that you have in your life, you have to at least approach two completely different subjects. So this is why I do tech and I do music because they are two different subjects. I could do instead of music painting, for example, but you have to do because it opens your, your mind and it gives you new ideas and new solutions. So I try uh, to never let music go away from my life and to uh, produce and compose music. I hopefully say, <laughs> but this is a dream uh, when I will have the courage to do it. Uh, hopefully I will compose an album at some point uh, I don't know, maybe I'm uh, just dreaming. <laughs> yeah, this is what I do in my spare time. I try, I, I don't read in my spare time. I'm, I put my phone down when I exit the office. Uh, and I just give my Excellent. time. It's this is important. really... Yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of courage also and a lot of strength not to do so. Yeah. Laura... This was a great pleasure of having you with us today. Thanks for taking your time to share your ideas. I hope that our uh, female audience, at least, and generally all the technology uh, professionals that are acting in our field uh, will, um, will see it very useful. We hope to see each other during 2022 still, because mm -hmm. we are at the beginning. And I am looking forward to receiving you back here or in our uh, on our fintech minds meetups with wonderful news about uh, modex and about your projects of research and development there many thanks thank you very much magda for inviting me here i must say that it is a pleasure talking to you and i'm really humbled for having met you through the romanian fintech association i really appreciate you and your knowledge and thank you for for asking me this these wonderful questions and for letting me share my, my knowledge and my views. Excellent. Super. Thanks a lot. See you.